What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Um, yeah, healthy a lot. Um, how about yourself? I'm okay as long as my voice holds up for this afternoon. Feels a little scratchy today. I don't know why. It just does. So I'm hoping that it will hold up for the afternoon. But well, we shall see. Yelling. If you quit yelling at those protests, you know, maybe you wouldn't have a... <laughs> well, they shouldn't be out there. They, they shouldn't be out there. You know, how, how dare you? They're, they're out there killing people, not social yeah. distancing, not wearing mm-hmm. masks. How, mm-hmm. how dare them, right? How dare those people? So, yeah, I, I have to yell at them, right? So, I mean, I'm out there on a bullhorn all day trying to get them to stop. And, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm being completely facetious. You know, I, I stand with them all the way. Go, go, go for it. Uh, don't hurt anybody, but make your point. Anyway. Actually, there's an interesting point on that. Do you remember how the German government banned protests? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that didn't go over too well. Their regional court decided that uh, they told the government, yeah, you can't do that. And so they said, yeah, you can protest. Go on. Have at it. Uh, and they did. Yeah, they, they really don't care. I, I mean, honestly, if a government came out and said that you can't protest, that's precisely when you need to go out there and protest. That's when you need to uh, to, to push back and say, uh, sorry, go to hell. I mean, I'm, I don't know of any other way to put it uh, to be in an aspect where I get my point across, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the, like the American in me that has that rebellious streak that says, you know, I really don't care what you think as a, as a government. I, I just don't care. So uh, when a government comes out and says that you don't have a right to free speech anymore, <laughs> oh, we're going to have words on that. Uh, that. That's just my stance. Yeah. I have to agree there, especially when Germany has a a similar law or constitution to ours in the sense that uh, you're allowed to protest. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. With that. Uh, yeah. There's, there's just yeah, all this. I t- you know what? It's funny. I'm glad they did this. CNN, you know, you know, CNN, Bruce, the the, uh, the wonderful, uh, astute uh, mm-hmm. reporting outlet. They try mm-hmm. to get the truth out to people, not just to the U.S., but to the world, because they're an international news organization. And mm-hmm. they um, they I'm glad they cleared this up. They came out. Anderson Cooper had this person on the other day and they cleared this up. And I'm glad that they did. Dr. Rob Davidson, he was on Anderson Cooper the other day. He said that he's concerned that those that attend the RNC will cause a spike in COVID-19 cases, but he's not worried about protesters because mass protests are, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, because racism is a bigger health crisis, right? I mean, that's a bigger health crisis. And we've heard, we've heard before that if you say BLM, right, if you say Black Lives then that actually kills the virus. Uh, so you're not actually spreading it uh, during that. But but if you're at a political rally, and, and of course, those people that are in the streets of Berlin, the ones that are in London and Trafalgar Square, the ones that are in Paris, those are, of course, the, see, those are going to cause the spikes. So... The, uh, again, the virus is, um, you know, it's it's aware of your political standing. And, yes. and you know yeah. something, if you want to, if I, I'm really, I'm really having a difficult time understanding wh- what the Democrats are doing. I seriously am beginning to wonder if they're just trying to throw the election. They're just trying to throw it because all the stuff that they're siding with and, and doing, it, it's 
all against what the American people want. And it's just pu- pushing people further and further away. So I'm, I'm left going, are you guys intentionally trying to lose? Is there, is there some other kind of game you're playing or something here? Because, uh, this, this doesn't make any sense. Nobody believes the narrative that the, the, well, okay. Your, your, um, shall we say zombies, they know they, Zomb- they'll believe you. Zombies. <laughs> we've, yeah, the, the, we've dropped them down to zombies now. Well, I mean, the zombies, the, the ones that are willfully following along, right? They're, they're yeah, little the sheep. minions or yeah, whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. them. The sheep. Well, yeah, I mean, sheep are, uh, yeah, sheep are fairly harmless. These guys are- I, I would are, actually, are, I would argue that sheep have more intelligence, to be fair. I, I, I would. Yeah. I, I mean, at least at some point, sheep know when to run. And these zombies, for some, as we've seen with um, the, the Kyle incident, um, they don't know when you should run. Uh, mm-hmm. away from a, a dangerous situation instead they mm-hmm. try to run headlong into it and as we've seen two of them got get your ass shot off didn't you? shot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. what it is so i mean honestly I, I i think they're trying to throw the election uh, at this point it, you keep pushing the narrative that oh it's it's the it's the rnc it's the republicans they're the ones that are spreading the virus but take no heed to the thousands of people that are out there rioting in the streets of multiple major cities. Don't don't worry about them. Oh, and also don't pay any attention to those spikes that we've seen in coronavirus of the younger age groups, you know, the ones that were involved in the riots. Yeah, pay no attention to that uh, and that data, but it's all the fault of the RNC. And it's just honestly, seriously, you guys... I don't know. I don't know how more tra- they're, they're they're transparent at this. I don't I don't know how I don't know how people are seeing through this. I don't think they are uh, seeing it, through. It, it, it. The av- okay, so I, I think the average American, the I, I think the I think the moderate in, in America, you know, whether they lean left or right doesn't matter. But the ones that are that are just your average American, I think they see what's going on. I think they know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, the C-SPAN um, the, the Collins I saw. Majority. Yeah, the C-SPAN Collins I saw that kind of proves that. At least from yeah. from a, a narrow scope, it at least it proves that. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. But uh, yeah, so uh, just make sure, Bruce, if you go out, that just just make sure that you're you're saying that you're out protesting systemic racism. That way, that no one can you know accuse you of killing people. So when you assert that, then that means that you're out there saving lives, not endangering them. I'm sure we could figure out a way to to spin it to make it sound like we're out there doing that while we're protesting the COVID lockdowns and the COVID nonsense. I'm sure we could spin it that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of of things that are out of control, let's uh, let's jump over to because um, I don't want to talk too much about protests. We can talk about that later on this afternoon. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about so, like we saw something about the divorce rates in America. They're off the charts, right? Anxiety is yeah. off the charts. With, I mean, the anxiety numbers they're polling about the same, aren't they? About thirty over thirty percent on average yeah. as an increase. And they're saying here that divorce rates in America soared by thirty four percent during the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, with marriages crumbling three weeks into quarantine and newly wet separations doubling to 20%. People don't want to be locked up. They don't want to be locked up. Yeah. It's all it's that simple. It is that simple. People have to be allowed to live a life. You cannot just yank that away from everyone and expect everything to be okay. When you start locking people up and you start forcing people together like that, that forced when you're forced to be together like that all the time, you're going to drive each other nuts. I mean, that's just the way that it is. So people have to be allowed to live their own lives. But to an extent, they're saying that uh, data from legal templates indicates the divorce rates soared during the first four months of the COVID-19 pandemic. A combination of pandemic stress, including unemployment and quarantine, may have attributed to the uptick. A 34% increase in sales in sales for divorce agreements compared to 2019. 
Interest in divorce spiked on April 13th, which is approximately three weeks after the most states implemented lockdown orders. Southern states in the Bible Belt recorded the highest number of divorce rates per legal template. Newlywed married under five months. Newlyweds married under five months were hit the hardest, but those married within the first five years also saw divorces. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I almost want to say that those that are, quote, newlyweds now, maybe this is just me, but I always find in at least in my lifetime, I always found now I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Most people, I would say I would say 90 percent of people that I know, 95 or 90 percent of people that I know are divorced. And uh, we're, we're not talking about uh, a high age bracket here. They're divorced. And more than that, they're divorced with kids. Now, I think this is a, a couple of things. I mean, obviously, things have changed and, you know, the family institution has been under attack and all that stuff. And very few of them have remarried. And I think personally, I think this goes to people are they're they're with the idea. Uh, and please tell me if you disagree, Bruce. Uh, people are with the idea of marriage, but I don't think they fully understand what it means to be married, if that makes sense. You're not just getting into it because of it's the cool thing to do. I think that's I think that's the mistake. I think that's why people are are getting married. That's why that's why I think that largely they're looking at it and they do it because it's the idea of it. They they look at it like it's marketing. It's this perfect life and everybody's happy and you go out and you buy the house and the picket fence and all this stuff. And it's not that once they get into it, and they realize it's not that and it's really hard sometimes and it's really a struggle. And it's more of I almost want to say it's more of like a business agreement, you know, a business relationship when you get into it, because you go through uh, hardships and you go through tough times and and challenges and things like that. But I mean, I, I think that's more of the way that you need to look at it. And and people don't do that. Do you, do you think there's you know, another, what's your take on it? Do you think, do you have a different aspect? So uh, at least for the, uh, as far as the lockdowns concerned and um, during the pandemic, the, the, the marriage or excuse me, the divorce rates have increased at least in that sense, that kind of, that I, I can understand it to a degree because there's an element of, you know, some of the larger reasons that people divorce is, you know, like finances and um, uh, kind of, kind of things on those lines. So it makes sense during the pandemic that tensions would be higher because, you know, as you said, anxiety is higher, depression's higher. We have other elements that are being thrown into a, a marriage situation. The, the other thing that I, I think is an issue with, with marriages nowadays is there is an element of they don't understand what they're getting into, what, what they see. I'm of the opinion that when you get into a marriage and you you love the other person, right? It's not a feeling. It's not a, you know, like a, an emotion or any of those things. Those are tied to it. Yes. What it is first is it's an agreement it is a choice, right? You chose to love that person. And so for you to stop loving that person, you made a conscious decision. Whether you fully realized it or not, you made the decision to stop loving the person or what have you. So there's an element of lost, uh, like forgiveness and those sort of things. Um, but also, um, I think people are, are, as you said, they're getting married for the wrong reasons nowadays. You can probably blame Disney for an element of this, honestly. The fairy tales. Uh, that, that, that they you're yes. going to find your prince charming and it's going to be yes. a happy, happy ever after and all that's marketing. No, it's marketing. It, it's not that marriages are tough. There's a lot of work that's involved in there on from from both parties. So it's not it's not as um, um, rainbows and butterflies and Storybook. unicorns as, as 
yeah, storybook, uh, as Disney says. Well, I like your so description they're better, getting, though. Rainbows and butterflies yeah. and unicorns. <laughs> so, you know, like I, like I said, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of uh, from both parties. And the other, there's another element that I, I think relationships have started for wrong intentions in the first place. Um, you know, everybody, more or less, everybody wants to have their own, you know, significant other, somebody they can trust, they want to grow old with, so on and so forth. The, the thing is, is I've noticed an uptick with relationships as to why they start and why they um, dwindle. And largely, it's it circles around money. And used to back in the day, Money wasn't as big of an issue. Yeah, it was an issue. And you, you know, obviously you had to make money to make ends meet and continue life. But it, it seems to be more of an element nowadays than it used to. Uh, used to people could love each other and then they would make things work, right? That's not the case anymore. If if you don't make a certain amount of money or you're not well off, well to do enough, yeah, you're, you're good luck, you know, <laughs> good luck trying to have a stable relationship. So I think there's a lot of things and, and, there's a lot of um, media's uh, media, not just like news media, but media as in like uh, I'm meaning social media, movies, all that stuff. They they all had an element to play in, in uh, more or less the demise of um, marriage. And I think it's also largely attributed to the devaluation of our currency, overinflation in certain aspects. And, mm-hmm. you know, now they're saying they're going to have to inflate. Haven't we been saying that? They're going to have yeah. to inflate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So what does that mean? That means that the things that you have now purchased are going to cost more because your money is now worth less. That's coming, which, you know, Donald Trump was warning about that 15 years ago. I remember him saying it. I remember him saying it. Yeah. And I think that it's, again, getting back to the point here, I I think that the value of the money has changed. Our economy has changed also. And and people aren't largely able to have that lifestyle that you're talking about anymore. Back in the day, you used to be able to do that because we had an economic base that was solid. It was rock solid. We had hard manufacturing in the country. Someone could work in a job where they actually had a future. They could support and have that security, you know, that financial security blanket about themselves. And so you had a much more stable uh, family unit, I think. Also, you had the other side of it that we like to talk about a lot of times, the religious institutions, look what's happened to them, yeah. right? Our social organizations, Boy Scouts of America, Little League Baseball, football, things like that. It's all gone. So everything that's been the underpinning and the fabric of, of our society at, at large has been removed. It's all been removed. And it's all been removed for this moment, for this moment now. Uh, so they can destabilize the country and, and the world much more easily. I think it, it is that. It follows along with what you're saying. If you have those things, if you have the security, if you have a, a rock solid foundation underneath of you, then you can support a family and all that. But I don't think that people get into it. I think they get more into the um, the idea of it is what you're saying. I mean, that's that's the old world, right? That That's the old world. That's the old way of thinking. And it takes a lot to overcome that now if you still want to have that. It takes a lot to do that. I think you're right. And you, you bring up a good point, too. The message that we're being taught with, we're, we're not allowed to interact with other people that are uh, now this is according to the media and and academia and whatnot if you have a difference in opinion you're not allowed to interact with that person and you have to cut all ties obviously they're a bigot and a racist and Uh, because of that that's what cults do yes they make you they make you divorce your your relationships with people including family Uh exactly Exactly. And because of that, I, I feel like that's been detrimental to our interactions, even even in a marriage sense, because you and your spouse are not going to agree 
right? You guys aren't going to have the exact same political opinions or opinions in general. So if you're of the mindset that eh, maybe COVID's a little too... Um, uh, a little too overblown, right? And your spouse is uh, thinks it's the the worst thing that's ever uh, that's ever happened to humanity. Well, that's going to uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a little bit of um, tension in in your in your life. We're not taught how to uh, interact and continue acting civil with one another, even though you have disagreements. Now we're supposed to, mm-hmm. as you said, completely disconnect and and cult like. So mm-hmm. I think there's an element of that as well. That's that's damaging relationships. It's really sad. It's really sad because, I mean, that's, you know, we, we need we need those family units in order to be able to come out of this on the other side uh, and, and to have that uh, that part of society wrecked. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't help anything. Everything reverts back to where we were. I mean, essentially back in the medieval times, back in the dark ages. Anyway, yeah. Um, Let's uh, let's jump over to uh, your your former state of uh, of Colorado. There, they're getting their first snows. Yes, light dustings. Yeah, so there was some light dustings. Which they're uh, the reason I wanted to point this one out is they they keep pointing to oh it's global warming. Um, they had a, a a dusting in the yeah it's it's August almost September. This is not unheard of in the high the high peaks, which is where this happened. Uh, it's up in uh, Aspen is where they seen the uh, the snow, and it was in the high peaks. Now, if if the, the people that have been to Colorado and and know Aspen's up higher in altitude, they're up. It's up in the mountains. The, the mountain ranges up there that they have. You know, it's it's above ten thousand feet. It's it's high up there. It's cool up there anyway. But uh, yeah, they had their first uh, snow. We've discussed the solar minimum that uh, we are currently in, which easily could be part of the the, the reason. But the media and uh, some of these. Um, uh, well, fake science uh, is trying to tell us that uh, no, this is global warming. This is a sign of global warming. You're, you're or climate change. Excuse me, climate change is the narrative now, and it, it could be attributed to like a new ice age or or something on the, along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not. That's not the case at all. It's this is normal. This is this is normal climate. This this happens. And with that pointed out as well, Aspen is actually a really beautiful area, and this is the time of the year. That if you can get to the mountains and stuff, as the the colors start changing, this is when you want to do it. Uh, those aspen trees look beautiful uh, at this time of year. Um, you get the the reds and yellows and in the, the leaves and stuff with that uh, the the white and black from the the bark. Oh, have you been up there fantastic. before? Like, have, you, have you spent some time up? There? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I've always heard that there's a lot of money up there, and and that's like a a big area where people go to uh, to like for skiing and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's yeah, essentially that's what it is. Lot, well, yeah, a lot of tourism. Yeah. But I've also heard that mm-hmm. like it costs a lot of money if you want to live there. It does. Yes. Um, any any time you get into those kind of locations, the the um, the nicer mountainous areas like that, it's a lot more expensive. Uh, Some are closer to where I live, Telluride and Uray. Both of those locations are very expensive as well, which those are a little bit southwest uh, of Aspen. But uh, that's kind of the general area. It, they get pretty pricey. We're talking millions of dollars for for homes up there. Um, but uh, it, it's still it's a beautiful area. That I mean, that makes sense. Why why things are so costly there? It is really a beautiful area. Any and those uh, poems? Some of them are fantastic. By the way, any kind of uh, correlation to that? That like the you know just the small place I was looking at last week that I showed you. There is some correlation there. Yes, you will find homes that are very similar to the one that you were uh, you were having me take a look at. You know. 
I was, uh, as I was looking at that, I was just sitting there thinking, yeah, this is no place that I'm ever going to be able to own. I mean, <laughs> who buys a place for six and a half million dollars? Like who buys a house? And, and more than that, the property taxes are like four grand a month. Why, why would you pay? That? And the <laughs> schools suck. Like what? Yeah. Like who who goes out and pays that kind of money? Really? That, that's just that's crazy. That, that's crazy. Someone like Bill Gates. Does he have a four million dollar home or a six million dollar home? I would argue he has a bigger one than that. Uh, probably does. He, but if you were he lives you know, up there off of the coast of Seattle, doesn't he? That's a good question. Uh, he probably owns a lot of homes, honestly. He, he does. And he just bought another one. I think we talked about it. He just bought another one, another piece of real estate. Oceanfront. Right, oceanfront place that was like thirty-four and a half million dollars or something. Now, for somebody who's on board with the idea of rising sea levels, they're buying an awful lot of oceanfront property. Obama, Al Gore, Al Gore bought a nine and a half million dollar place in Malibu. The guy's running around all over the globe talking about how there's rising sea levels, and he doesn't have one stinking solar panel on his house, not one. Well, it, he, he's he's obviously using some other renewable source, right? Energy source, of course, of yeah. course, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right. Unfortunately, we're out of time this morning, so we're going to have to jump. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.